Here it is. Again. One, two, three, I believe that the music I heard is a killer. It's a killer of hope. It's a killer of spirit. And Devo plays for Muffy's party. We bring you an act who at first may shock you. The Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo. Let's go! Hey everybody, I'm Rob. And I'm Joseph. And welcome to the November 1979 supplemental episode of Deep Dives and Deep Cuts, the history of punk, post-punk, and new wave 1976 to 1986. Yeah, so we've got some more albums to discuss. Um, Rob, can you remind us what those albums are? The Reels album, The Reels, Simple Minds, Real to Real Cacophony. The Dams, Machine Gun Etiquette, The Raincoats album, The Raincoats, Sham 69's The Adventures of the Hersham Boys. I'm really excited about getting to these these albums. We're, we're going to, we have some lively conversations ahead of us for sure. <laughs> but first, uh, a couple of points of business. I don't, I, it's supplemental, so I think we'll skip the little disclaimer. You you guys all know the drill on that one. Just to remind you, we're trying out a new thing. So we um, last episode, we took more time discussing each, each album. We listened to more songs. We're, we're picking up the slack here. Uh, and we'll just kind of see how it goes. Uh, we'll probably continue this format till the end of season three and then um before we start season four we'll kind of do a, like a post-mortem and and figure out how, how we want to how we want to go moving forward but i'm i'm optimistic i think it 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 might be a pretty good solution yeah i think so oh and i should probably also mention a, a quick a scheduling note so we We'll be having a deep dive episode this month, the first one in a couple of months, which I'm very excited about. We will officially announce who, what band that um, episode is going to be on at the end of this show. So stick around for that. Uh, but it is probably going to be released the fourth Sunday of this month as opposed to the typical third Sunday. Everything's kind of getting kicked back a week because of this extra episode. So heads up on that. Is there anything just in general off the top of your head you want to just discuss? Yeah. Yeah. Something very brief. Okay. Um, you know, uh, we, of course, we put a lot of work into this podcast and we have a lot of listeners that really enjoy it. Uh, you listening are amongst them, I'm pretty sure. Drop us, drop us, go into Apple podcast, drop us a, a review. Mm, mm -hmm, How about mm -hmm. that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it, obviously we get the emails from people telling us that they like the show and that they enjoy it. And they like Ryan and, and other listeners, they throw, they throw tidbits out there saying, Hey, don't forget this album, mm -hmm. drop us a review. And, and man, that's, I mean, we appreciate your, your participation, of course. And that's yeah. a really good way uh, to do getting, it. Uh, a regular stream of reviews in Apple podcasts really helps um, us pop up in search results. 
Uh, so so we, we really appreciate you spending a couple of minutes going there. Only has to be a sentence or two. Um, it would really, really does make a big difference. So I have a topic of conversation. I want to touch base with you uh, for just okay. a minute. Uh, I want to talk bass players. So, uh -huh. you know, b bass players, they get overlooked a lot. Um, uh -huh. I think that you and I could, well, definitely name many more singers than we could bass players, but probably yeah. more guitarists than we could name bass players. And That's I don't know sure. about drummers, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, and do you have favorite ba bass players? I know I'm putting you on the spot, but... Yeah. Um, you know, my favorite bass players are... Uh, probably going to be bass players from like metal bands. Mm, um, mm -hmm. And, and so, so we will, we won't be really talking about them here, but, but I mean, well, name a couple, I, just, okay. I, I, I asked you for your favorite bass players. So, you know, I, I opened that door. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for, for instance, you, you know, this, that I am a, a big fan of, uh, of the band kiss mm -hmm. where, at least I have been a bigger fan than I am now. They've, they've, I'm, they're finally starting to wane for me. Mm -hmm. um, but Gene Simmons, mm -hmm. of course, is probably mm -hmm. one of the best known bass players in, in the music that I listen to. Um, also for the band Metallica, there was, uh, well, the current bass player is, is Robert Trujillo, but Jason Newstead um, was a really good bass player and also not there first, but, but uh, he was one that always comes to the top of my mind whenever I'm thinking about, you know, bass players I like. Mm -hmm. So how about you? Well, you know, I, I have discovered over the last couple of years that bass is such a large factor in, yeah. Uh, determining whether or not I love a band much more than I ever realized, uh, you know, so the discussions we have just kind of brought it to the front. And so, you know, I've always had a, a very short list of favorite bass players. So, you know, JJ uh, Burnell from uh, The Stranglers, you oh, know, right. very, very distinct style, you know, uh, Peaches is wouldn't be an awesome song without that kind of iconic mm -hmm. bass line. Yeah, um, totally. <laughs> obviously, uh, Tina Weymouth from uh, Talking oh, yeah. Heads. Yep. You know, always um, just a, an essential part of the the funky rhythm stuff going on uh, with the Talking Heads. Uh, Brian Ritchie from Violent Femmes. Um, just, uh, he, you know, his bass playing is, is what defines the, the Violent Femmes sound that I just love, you know, of the early stuff. And then mm -hmm. obviously Kim Deal of the Pixies. But the reason why I bring this up is because I am adding a name to my list, my, um, Ooh. Hall of Fame. Yeah. Okay. Um, Graham maybe is that ringing a bell for you? No. So he is the uh, bass player for Joe Jackson. 
And of course. We, okay. we, we, cool. have, we have been talking about Joe Jackson um, several times this season. And I just, as we were examining his uh, first two albums, I realized what I love, the, the, the Joe Jackson songs that I absolutely love, it, it is driven, compelled by the bass. Uh, just mm-hmm. extraordinary bass. Um, so I finally got around to doing my research and going like, who is this guy that's just doing this, this amazing bass work? Um, his name is Graham. Maybe listen to this list of artists that he, um, worked slash works with. So he has played on almost every Joe Jackson album from the very beginning up until, you know, now. Um, He has played with Graham Parker. He was a member of They Might Be Giants for for many years. Um, He has uh, played uh, with Natalie Merchant's band, uh, Marshall Crenshaw, Joan Baez, Freddie Johnson, Ian Hunter, and Regina Spector. Um, yeah. And so, so I, I just, I have a new exalted bass player. I just, I'm going to start seeking out some of these albums just because he plays bass on them. Um, That's cool. Just so impressed with the work that he did on the first two Joe Jackson albums. And, um, if it was a different bass player, if it was sort of more of a run-of-the-mill bass player, um, yeah. I I I think I would like those albums a lot less. He is yeah. he is well, always the high point of a good Joe Jackson song. I, I I will tell you that it is cool to be witnessing. Like it's it's cool to witness you when some really cool bass happens because you get a little giddy, <laughs> um, and. And I, I mean, this is something that we've noticed a few times over the course of this podcast. Yeah. And and I think it's a lot of fun. So that is pretty sweet, man. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's let's jump back in um, on our albums, shall we? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um, moving on to the next album. This is probably <laughs> the one that I'm the most excited to talk about before mm-hmm. I announce what it is. Um, let's take a little sidebar here. And okay. talk about my accidental, unintentional, um, myopic musical tastes. <laughs> so this is something, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've noticed this. This is something I became aware of a couple of months ago. Um, but every album that we have talked about, I think I think this is true. I haven't like sit down and systematically... Um, uh, tested this thesis to to confirm that it's 100% true but mm-hmm. every album that we have discussed on this podcast from the very beginning until now that I have been like 100% enthusiastic about the ones that like I have no reservations about are by bands that are either from the United States or are from England this is not like a, it's not the, it doesn't come from the other 
direction where it's like I have a sense, oh, only good music is produced, you know, in the United States or England. And so if it's not, then I don't like it. I've just kind of noticed that, you know, bands from Australia or bands from Scotland or New Zealand or wherever, um, I always have a, yeah, but, uh, you know, or I just, and I don't know if it's, I don't know what the deal is with that. Like, I guess I just have certain sensibilities that just kind of line. And to be clear, not every album obviously released by a band in the United States or England, I love. But the ones that I do seem to come come from those two um, countries. I mm. I don't I I have no explanation for that. I'm happy to say that um, the album that we're about to discuss is the debut album by an Australian band called The Reels. I can like. I have no reservations about this album. I kind of love this album. Before I get into what I love about it, uh, let's uh, let's talk about where you're at with with the Reels debut. Oh no, I totally enjoy this album. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very surprised, and uh, yeah, I'd never I'd never heard of them before. Um, and going through and listening to the album, I I think i really enjoyed like every single song i heard mm-hmm. you know um mm-hmm. and and we probably I, I mentioned last last episode that that i wanted to thank uh ryan for pointing this album out to mm-hmm. us uh mm-hmm. ryan in australia so uh doing that doing that officially right now thanks ryan you turned us on to some cool music man mm-hmm. um but yeah no i really enjoyed it i enjoyed it yeah. a lot yeah, well, I would not call this important music with a capital I. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, but um, what they're doing, they do exactly right. Um, yeah. So when I first sat down and started listening to this album, like listen to a track, I'm like, oh, this is fun and light and bouncy and a little goofy, uh, kind of reminds me of like early ecstasy stuff, but yeah. with, with, with much more focused, um, songwriting and, but I was going, you know, it's, this is, this is great, but it's going to get old really fast. And, um, the, the, probably stacked all of the really compelling songs at the beginning of the album. That's not the case. I mean, the, the, (laughs) the the music is maybe a little lightweight, bubbly, enjoyable, but every song is compelling and interesting. Um, but, but the whole album works as a cohesive whole. Um, it, it reminds me a lot of, um, do you know who Eddie Grant is? Yeah. Oh, totally. Right. So uh, his his biggest hits were um, Electric Avenue and mm-hmm. Romancing the Stone. You would never confuse the two artists, but I like the this Reels album with the same part of my body that I like his stuff. But the pro- I had several of his albums in high school. 
But the problem with his albums is that there was a lot of filler. There was a lot yeah. of very, like, really unremarkable songs. So there'd be one or two, like, super catchy songs, and then the rest would be kind of eh. But that is not the case with this album. Um, this is just a, a bouncy, energetic, fun, super duper fun album. We've um, We've actually already heard one of the songs so the last episode the bonus track episode we went out on a teaser uh that was off of this album a song called um spot the ridge and i i this is the album that i'm the most excited about um that we're discussing tonight it is it is i am adding it to the list of of albums that i want to have on vinyl I haven't yeah, gone on to right on. Amazon. I suspect it's going to be a lot harder to find. You can find the reels on Spotify, but you can't find this album in its entirety. There's like an EP that has some songs, and then there's a compilation that has some songs. But to to listen to the whole album straight through... Um, the only place I think either of us could find it was on YouTube, yeah. where somebody just yeah. <laughs> recorded um, a very what sounds like a very old record. Um, you can definitely, in fact, I think it kind of even skips a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, definitely scratchy. <laughs> I, I now have a list of four albums that I definitely want to get on vinyl, um, and so so I say that we. Um, we listen to your pick off of this album yeah. first. Great. Um, well, I picked a tune called Apathy, but before we listen to it, I just want to say that before this, uh, before we started recording, we were talking about how this playlist had some really, like a lot of surprises in it. Mm -hmm. And The Reels is definitely one of my surprises. Um, totally overjoyed. So let's listen to Apathy. album that kind of caught me off guard um, is difficult to find and you want in vinyl mm -hmm. that is quite a tall order man it's gonna be <laughs> it's it's this is it, it is a really cool album it's, a, it's the sound is perfect it's kind of everything I wanted to hear tonight mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. it, and it touches every spot in just the right way um, we need to make a bunch of friends in Australia. I think that's what we have to do. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's uh, not a terribly ambitious album. You know, they're they're not they're they are not attempting to create like anthems or anything, no, which I, no, which I not. really appreciate. Uh, would have been such a fun band to um, see live. I think. Yeah. 
Maybe yeah. maybe not ambitious, but definitely satisfying. Yeah, I mean, yeah. definitely. Yeah, definitely it doesn't satisfying. Doesn't have. I mean, uh, if if each song, you know, holds its own, and um, is you know makes you feel something or or you know delights you in some way, that's that's really all that's necessary for. Absolutely, for some some albums, for sure. Um, so this is this is a an, just a an extremely charming album. I I, I like it a lot. Um, so the song that I picked um, kind of illustrates the the important element um, that kind of makes this album compelling, which is that every song has its own little twist or its own little flavor that makes it stand out from the rest of the songs. Um, and the, the song misused and abused is a, is a, a very bouncy pop song, but there's, there's also these weird little, there's these moments where it's almost like a, an intentional little rhythmic skip that just kind of make you sit up and go, Oh, What's going on here? Which I, you know, they they didn't have to do. It's just a, you know, a band kind of like really being mindful of, of you know, making the most of each song. Um, I I I like it a lot. Touching on the uh, point where you mentioned the little skips, I, when I heard this song, it it really did make me think. Uh, well, obviously it's intentional, but it really made me think that yeah, they're trying to uh, pique your interest. You know, mm -hmm. um, that before we started recording, or or maybe it was in a text, I said to you that I uh, I think you and I kind of overlapped. There were four songs that I almost picked that you ended up choosing and this is definitely mm. one of them. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah. Well, you know, you, you know, it's funny because uh, the first time I heard this album, I was, I was listening to it uh, on YouTube where they, the, it was a recording of right. an actual record. And I wasn't sure if, if it was the song or if it was actually the, the, a flaw in the recording uh, of yeah. of the vinyl, but then I actually found that song on Spotify and listened to it and went, "Oh yeah, good. That was it's... you know <laughs> my what I found so interesting wasn't just um, an accident of the rec of the you know transfer of the vinyl. It was actually baked into the song." Um, so yeah, I'm a I'm a huge fan of, of this album. This is yeah. the Reels' first release, uh, eponymously titled. 
Uh, they do release a couple more albums down the road, so I'm really looking forward to those. Um, I got to tell you, I'm going to bend over backwards to to figure out a way to to stick it on my top 10. Um, nice. I, I, nice. It's, it's going to be hard. It probably won't happen, but I'm going to try. Yeah. Uh, so I'm yeah. going to continue to listen to this and just see... Um, just see how it grows on me um for sure but th but th this is i i have no complaints about this album this is this is doing what they intend to do they do exactly right yeah cool well i will agree with you on that unfortunately it's not gonna make my top 10 mm -hmm. list um and and it at this point it can't even be a consideration i it's going to take a lot. I mean, but I certainly hope again, that somebody says, Hey, I'm also a reels fan. And I mean, this is a cool thing, man. We, we are in touch with a lot of people who are listening to the same. I mean, we're all listening to the same music together. So somebody's going to stand up and say, yeah, Joseph, I totally agree. I'm on board with you, man. Let's mm -hmm. top 10 that sucker. Uh, <laughs> so, but I will say it again was a total surprise to me and I'm, I'm glad that it's on our list. Thanks again, Ryan. So moving into another surprise was uh, oh, a little band called Simple Minds and their album Real to Real Cacophony. Um, this is their second studio album. Um, it was uh it was recorded on Zoom and Anarresta Records. John Leakey produced it, and apparently this album was recorded and mixed in five weeks. Now, Leakey said that Simple Minds only had four songs to put on it, and they had to write the rest of them while they were in the studio. Um, now, when I think of Simple Minds, I think the first thing I think is don't you forget about me. Okay. Uh, every, mm -hmm. I, everybody knows them for this song. This was super, super popular tune in the eighties. Um, and this is so not that song. This is, this is so different. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm pretty glad about that. I'm, I, <laughs> I'm really happy about that. Not that don't you forget about me is a bad song to me. That was just, that song was kind of the eighties and being in, the breakfast club and, and, you know, all over, it kind of was made that way. Now, um, uh, this album is so different. It's, it's not that kind of album. I think it's bolder. In fact, I think it's braver. I think it's doing its own thing. And it's, it's kind of donning this style that, uh, that, that I think bands later on, wanted to wanted to to copy you know um and i don't know maybe in the 80s this was the band copying everybody else's style but but the sound on this album is solid and, and it's definitely theirs you know it's it's just i think it's really cool well you lost me brother <laughs> Yeah, I knew I would. I knew I would. <laughs> I will say this: the mm -hmm. um, this is their second release, and it is a vast improvement over their mm -hmm. debut. Oh yes, um, a lot more focused. Um, the songwriting is better. Uh, not uh, not as much prog rock in it, and I'm I'm 
I never refer to a band being prog rocky as a compliment. So that's good <laughs> for me. This is actually a really good album, but I, I have a hard time getting into it because it sounds wholly, der- it even sounds more derivative of magazine than their first album. Um, uh. <laughs> this, I mean, it is, Every song just reminds me of a pretty good magazine song. In fact, yeah. I would say that this is their second album. This is a better magazine album than magazine's second album is. Um, <laughs> and I really like a magazine. And mm-hmm. so I guess I just need to get over it and either just think of it as a magazine album album released in an alternative reality or um, just, <laughs> just get magazine out of my brain as I listen to it. Um, uh, but I, I'm not there yet, yeah. uh, but particularly the two songs that we picked as I've been listening to the playlist, I'm warming up to it more and more. So I definitely want to go back to this album and see, and there there are a couple of times on this album where there's a little hint of the Simple Minds sound mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. they're going to develop later. That's really going to like catapult them into uh, new wave stardom. Yeah. Uh, but uh, and and this is this is not disjointed like the first album. Um, but it is. I, I just, I get a little dizzy when I listen to it because it just sounds uncannily like um, magazine. That is, it, that had never crossed my mind. In fact, I, I wow. still kind of have to disagree with you. But, um, you know, that, hey, music is subjective and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> music is art. And as we say. <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, well, yeah, well, I mean. Well, we are gonna uh, we are gonna listen to a couple of songs so people sure can enough. kind of determine for the themselves. But I just I can't get past uh, the um, the the resemblance. Um, it just it it feels like ninety five percent derivative sound wise approach wise. Interesting. Okay. But but done really well. So yeah, yeah. Um, the song that I picked is a song called Citizen Dance of Youth. This again is one of those songs that I almost picked and I, mm-hmm. I didn't. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. I think you, I think you said it in that, uh, well, 
they they did it well. I, I still disagree mm-hmm. with the uh, magazine mm-hmm. part, but I, God, this I, I just can't get over that this is one of those albums that surprised me so much. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I got so used to Simple Minds doing that '80s thing that I kind of grew not tired of them, but more apathetic, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that sound was everywhere and it wasn't just simple minds. It was everybody had that mm-hmm. sound. So it, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of forgot about it or wanted to forget about it, you know, ignored it. Um, and this to me was just so not that, mm-hmm. that I, I ended up really becoming attached yeah, th- this is still a lot closer to their first album than mm-hmm. the sound that they're going to become famous for. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah. But and you know the 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 songwriting is quite good and the energy yeah. is really high and the music is really focused. So I I don't um like taking the magazine card off the table i don't have any criticisms about this album i i i think it's really quite good yeah uh well i picked a song called calling your name some really fun um uh keyboard choices absolutely I'm not sure what else to say about these two songs, except that they're exactly what I'm looking for when I when I listen to new wave music now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can give it all the praise and, and all that. But anyway, again, yeah. just a great album. Great album. A couple yeah, great songs. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the the kind of big difference between what they're doing here and what they will do in the future is that, um, you know, classifying the stuff in the 80s really is very very new wave where this mm-hmm. feels um much more like post-punk slash gothy ah, um, yes so, that's probably yeah. it that's mm-hmm. that is the hook yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. great well uh so that was simple minds album real to real cacophony their second studio album uh, not not even in consideration for me unfortunately yeah. uh yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's not for you either. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the second album that they release in 79. Um, yeah. And my guess is that if they make anybody's list, it's going to be this album as opposed to the first album. Very true. So The Dam releases their third album, Machine Gun Etiquette. Uh, so they, after their second album, they split up, they reform, and they release this. Um, 
we did uh, a mini dive on The Damned in season one, where we discussed this album. And I, th if memory serves me correctly, um, we were on polar opposites on this album. This is my, was at the time, my favorite Damned album, and you really didn't care for it at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I was curious coming back to it, and I'll tell you, it holds up. I, mm -hmm. I think this is a really, really solid album. Um, there, there is a maturity. I mean, they're still doing like pretty punky songs, but there is a maturity to the musicianship. Um, and also the, the lyrics to a certain degree. Um, and I think that they get the, the balance exactly right. So, um, you know, probably my two favorite damn songs are off of their original release, but that their debut album was, was pretty spotty as far as, you know, the highs and lows. Whereas yeah. this album is just really solid all the way through, um, more sophisticated for the damned, but they haven't like, fully gotten into the goth thing. Um, so they haven't slowed down and gotten as drudgy as, as they will. And I think this is a great album and I still think it's my favorite damned album. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah. I'm still not crazy about it. Um, I will say this. I, I think I liked it a little bit better. There's a few songs on there that I, I really get into. Mm -hmm. um, one of which one of which was uh, was my pick, but I still feel like the whole album is kind of hard to swallow for me. I don't know why. Hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I just can't get, I can't like just put myself into it, you know? So I, I think, I think I'm now, I favor their, their earliest stuff the best. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so we, uh, have previously heard the title track off of this album, Machine Gun Etiquette. We're going to listen to a couple more songs off of this album tonight. So what did you pick? I picked a cheerful tune entitled, I Just Can't Be Happy Today. <laughs> suspicion is that once we uh, go go down the road and we revisit um, their later albums where mm -hmm. they get uh, really much more gothy uh, you're yeah. probably going to um, 
say that those are your favorite damn albums as opposed to the the first album the first one Mm -hmm. um because uh you know this being your favorite song off of this album this is much more like the direction that they're going to go in the next couple of albums yeah yeah Yeah. and and i know we've already you know listened to a lot of their albums anyway but Mm -hmm. uh i i i think you may be right on that um taking that you know i i think part of it's listening to their evolution but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also that is more of a style that i'm i'm you know more into so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well the song that i chose to feature tonight is a song called anti-pope um love the lyrics um it's not the lyrics are not as goofy as um a lot of the dam's lyrics are and goofy is sometimes just fine with me um i i enjoy a good goofy damn song um <laughs> damn goofy song in that's fact. right <laughs> but um but I, I i also appreciate um the song anti-pope and and uh it is a message that resonates with me the actual lyrics of it and even though it's a it's a pretty punky song um the musicality particularly in the instrumental part is uh, surprisingly sophisticated for for you know what i expect from the damned particularly this this stage in their career much more sophisticated than um, you know what we heard on the first two albums, so yeah. it's a it's a nice combination of of smart, thoughtful lyrics, nice, fast, punky song with um, with some real meat to the um, the arrangements and instrumentation. So that is the third album by the British band The Damned, uh, an album called Machine Gun Etiquette. Um, My favorite, still my favorite Damned album, Um, not in consideration for my top top 10, but I am a, a really good album. Let's talk about the Raincoats album, The Raincoats. Now, this is their first album. Uh, it was also one of the first albums put out by the label Rough Trade, which I find very interesting. Uh, now, this band is uh, an all-female, an all-female punk band, 
Um, they were art students at art school in, in London. And again, one of these bands, one of these bands, an album that I find pretty surprising. Um, I actually found this album very refreshing. I found it kind of fun. And I was expecting, knowing that they were uh, they were art students, I was expecting something a little more experimental and more um, performance art. Um, and I know that's not always the case because, you know, Talking Heads, they were art students as well. And look at them. But I, I expected something that was a little more discordant. Now, they are... They are a punk band, and there is some discordance in there. But but I really enjoyed this album. Um, this band actually they they cut three albums before breaking up, and then reformed again in 1993, and produced one more album in 1996. Um, now, I will say that I did find this album to be erratic, uh, but it's kind of what I liked about the album. Um, you know, there's, I mentioned that it was, it, it is an experimental band. It is an experimental album. Excuse me. A lot of interesting instruments. There's uh, I think there's like some saxophone in there. There's a violin in there. There's, I think at one point uh, I heard harmonica at any rate. Um, yeah. I find this album to be, pretty enjoyable and pretty uh i guess to to use one of joseph's phrases or words pretty pretty goofy mm. but but what do you th what do you think about it well i had um never heard this album um mm -hmm. but i i was familiar with the um the band name and i know that um it is this album is fairly well regarded and when I was fishing around for a fade out teaser song for the first episode uh, mm -hmm. where we were going to tease November, I went to this album thinking, well, maybe I'll just grab a song from from here. And then what I heard <laughs> was it's it was like too interesting for me to I was like, oh, I got to set this aside, come back to it and really spend some time with it. And so uh -huh. I was really excited about it. Um and yeah. then when I sat down to listen to it, it got old so fast. So uh, um, these there are, it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So these are um, these. Uh, this is definitely music produced by art students. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the two albums that sprung to mind the most the first time I listened to it were. Um, the Slits mm -hmm. debut album. Um, yeah. pr pr probably an overly obvious comparison. Um, mm -hmm. But also Per Ubu's uh, New Picnic Time. Of course, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. the the things that I liked about the raincoats were the parts that reminded me of the Slits. But um, I <laughs> I wouldn't... I wouldn't call the rain this album. I wouldn't call the music on it punk. Um, mm -mm. It's like no, no, sure. Post punk. It's like art rock. Um, it's experimental pop. They've even been called folk punk. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. So, I buy that. Um, so yeah. so the slits are 
are much more like punk. The energy is right. higher. Um, and, you know, what I love about the Slits album is that each song has its own thing going where I don't think that that's true here. Um, it, the, the songs get sounding very samey uh, pretty quickly. There is some interesting stuff going on. And then the, the comparison to New Picnic Times is kind of the stuff that I don't don't care like about it. Yeah. about it in the in the sense that some of the songs it doesn't feel like there's a real strong connection between what the vocals are doing and what the um, uh, music is doing, uh, and so it's a it's a very very tricky high wire act that they're trying to pull off. Mm. And yeah. I, I don't think it's entirely successful. There are some songs that I, I think are are delightful. This is music that I would prefer to hear uh, a song here or a song there on a playlist as opposed to sitting down and listening to the whole album. I want to say that I was completely wrong. I said earlier that there would be there's one song on this playlist that I absolutely, or one album on this playlist that I absolutely love, and I'm pretty sure you're absolutely going to hate it. And this was the one I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. You don't absolutely hate it. No, 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 that's, not at that's all. That's cool. But you absolutely, you're, you're right. There's, there is a lot of similar sounding. Mm-hmm. There's a similar sounding thread that goes through it. I don't yeah. think that they are on this album. They don't feel like they're quite um, accomplished enough songwriters to mm-hmm. be able to um, make each song stand out enough so that it doesn't become, you know, kind of droney sounding for well, me personally. It, there's also, there's also the fact that uh, they weren't really musicians either. The, yeah. Um, yeah. the bass player learned to play bass two weeks before the album yep. uh, was cut. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> so, that, that doesn't surprise me, but it's not that part of it isn't off-putting in the sense no, that it's not, not distracting because everything is like out of tune or offbeat or or anything like that. I didn't notice anything that pulled me out of the music because of sloppy musicianship. Yeah, not at all. No, it is a weird album. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Very weird. The um the most famous song off of this is a cover of um Lola by the Kinks. Yeah. And I I just I don't like this cover. I don't dislike it. I think it's perfectly serviceable, but um uh, I don't uh, it is not close to being the most um, uh, interesting song on off, well, you, off this album. You, you will notice I didn't choose to play mm, that one tonight. Yeah, yeah, I was great, <laughs> grateful for that. Let's start out with my pick. Um, mm-hmm. It is a song called In Love.
I I dig this song pretty much. Uh, I pretty much think it's one of the best two songs on the album. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it it is good. It is a good tune, and it again kind of points out that aspect of uh, the art student in you know in the as the musician. So, mm-hmm. but but good tune. Glad you picked it. So, what did you pick? Uh, I picked a, an even stranger song, to be honest, a tune called Black and White. That was black and white. Now I, I love, I said it already. I love their instruments. The instrumentation in this is it's fun and it's interesting. Um, it was really hard for me to pick out the instruments I was hearing. There was so much of it going on. Um, but is that a saxophone in there? Is that what's going on? I, I am not sure. Um, honestly, it is, it is either a guitar an, an oddly tuned played guitar or a saxophone or some sort of reed instrument that is trying mm-hmm. very hard to sound like a guitar. It's a, it's a cool sound. What, it is, what, yeah. Whatever it is, I like it. And it's actually uh, played quite well. Um, my, my inclination is that it's not a guitar, uh, but I, 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 I don't know. I couldn't say. Well, thank you for trying. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mentioned earlier that they had, there was sax, there was violin, and there was harmonica within songs on their album. And honestly, looking back, that sound could have been either of those, any of those three. Mm-hmm. So, but, Well, I, but I anyway. don't think it was violin. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's cool. I mean, there, there are definitely... Um, delightful little nooks and crannies um on Uh this album and my suspicion is that if i sat down and listened to it a dozen more times i might warm up to it a little bit more um but to me this really is a you know pick a couple of songs throw them on a playlist in among other stuff um, yeah, that, that seems kind okay. of like the the ideal way to consume um, material off of this album. That was the Raincoats album named the Raincoats. And yeah, it's not on they're not going to make it on either of our lists. Um, but uh, I think I'm going to keep listening to it for a little while and, and uh, let it let it kind of roll around in my head. Well, I I have read enough um, accolades for this album that I am going to recommend to people who are not familiar with this and take their their um, list building seriously uh, to give it a listen. I think it's an album of import um, and one that shouldn't be dismissed um, out of hand. 
So that's all of the albums that were released in November of 1979. We've got one left, uh, one more album that we're going to discuss. This is, of course, an album released in 79, but we don't know which month. And that is um, an album by Sham69 called The Adventures of the... Hersham Boys. It was actually the Sham 69's most successful album as far as on the getting on the charts um, in the UK. And the song Hersham Boys was the the single that reached the highest um, mm-hmm. on the UK charts. And um, I intend to go the rest of my life without listening to this album again. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. There are two different kind of albums that I hate. Um, Mm -hmm. There are albums that are just bad, like Blondie's The Hunter. Uh-huh. For instance, right, or uh-huh. or yeah. that that heavy metal album that Iggy Pop did, where I feel comfortable saying this just is a bad album, and then there's <laughs> there's other albums that are that are not, um, you can't just dismiss as being bad. They just don't do a damn thing for you and just rub you the wrong way. Oh yeah, that I've got a bunch that of is this album. Um, mm. I I would describe this as um, just containing every bad pub rock white boy plays blues rock cliche in the book. Um, there there's even a song actually I think it's the song that you picked to feature mm-hmm, tonight mm-hmm. that starts out with um, one for the money. I mean, so I mean. And on paper, it's th- this album is kind of an interesting idea. It's like, what if we did like a a punk oi post punk Brit version of Bruce Springsteen? It's an intriguing <laughs> idea, right? But man, mm-hmm. this is not for me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I realized I realized that that genre was one I did not like. <laughs> I got to tell you, I make a practice of of all of the albums that we're getting ready to talk about, listening to uh, multiple times. I only yeah. listened to this once. I just know. I just knew in my heart of hearts that um, I am never going to warm up to this. This is this is. Absolutely not for me. Um, please tell me that you like it more so that we can get a little good vibes going for well, this album. It, it is their most successful album. Yeah, yeah. I will tell you that I listened to this album one and a half times. Mm. Um, <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, I think it's okay. I mean, it it's not my cup of tea. Um, I, I don't really, it's, it's one of those things where it's not what I'm looking for when I'm putting together a playlist of punk and new wave albums, you know, it's, it's not the album I, I want to hear. 
I think your description of yada, yada, yada with a Springsteen thrown in there is pretty spot on. Um, and I, you know, I, I wanted to call it pub rock, but it's not pub rock. It's not rockabilly. It's not, but yeah, it's not my thing either. I'm, I'm afraid. Mm. So, um, and the song that I did pick, I, I chose mostly because it was the one song that that kind of stuck out at, over all the other songs I just didn't really care about. So I, you know, and, and I'm I'm not opposed to Sham Sham 69 at all. I just don't no, know no. why they why they did this. I'm not sure exactly why this happened. Yeah, <laughs> me either. And I, I keep waiting to well, first of all, I keep waiting to hear like a full full tilt oi album from them yeah uh, this is this is definitely not it um yeah, no. and yeah just a uh, uh, not uh, a an admirable enough attempt but not resonating with me at any level so what is the what's the name of the song that you picked I picked a song called Cold Blue in the Night. Yeah, definitely their most successful album, and it charted at number eight in the UK charts. Um, I, I'm still kind of shaking my head about it. I, I mean, you know, the the album's okay, but again, it's not one that, like you said, I, I have no intention of ever listening to it again. It's, mm-hmm. I didn't, I just didn't find it. I didn't find that it grabbed me, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of wish it did too. <laughs> So, Rob, that is November 1979. Uh, Just to to refresh everybody's memory, uh, we talked about uh, the Jams album Setting Suns, Boomtown Rats release The Fine Art of Surfacing, the um, uh, album by Hugh Cornwell and Robert Williams, Entitled Nosferatu, Marianne Faithful's uh, release entitled Broken English, Adam and the Ants' debut album Dirk Wears White Socks, Public Image Limited's second album entitled Metal Box or Second Edition, The Reels' debut album The Reels, Simple Minds' second release, Real to Real Cacophony, The Dam's third album, Machine Gun Etiquette, The Raincoats' debut album, The Raincoats, and Sham 69's most popular successful <laughs> release, The Adventure of the Hersham Boys. So, Rob. Yeah. Of this batch, um, yeah. who gets the the Rob 
Blue Ribbon Best of Show. Oh, well, that's, you know, that's interesting. Uh, the Rob Blue Ribbon, I think, is going to have to go for the reels. Me too. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah, so much no. fun. Yeah, it was so much fun and such a surprise. Like I said, there were so many surprises in in this uh, uh, in this playlist. Well, even Sham sixty nine surprised me, but mm -hmm. there were some really pleasant surprises, and the reels was that was the the best. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As promised, we are going to um, after the fade out. We are going to list the albums that we will be covering for December of 79. Actually, most of them are albums where we don't actually know the release dates, but um, we will be covering them the next rundown episode. That's going to be, that's not going to be next month. So we are taking December of this year off. So in January, we will pick up, we will cover December of 79 and any albums where we don't know the releases of, we will cover the two Australian bands that uh, were suggested to us for, by Ryan. Um, and this is sort of your last chance. If, if you notice that we've missed anything of importance, uh, please let us know. So stick around and see if we cover a favorite band of yours that releases something in 79. Um, so we will take December off. You, you'll hear something from us. We'll release some sort of a bonus episode, but for the holidays, we are going to spend it with our friends and family, um, and kind of chill out. But before then we have a deep dive, the first deep dive in a while, so, Rob, of the artists that we covered for November of 79, um, what, which band is going to be in the spotlight for this month's deep dive? Oh, we're doing a deep dive on Adam and the Ants? That's right. So, to, to be clear, it is uh, both Adam and the Ants and his solo work. Uh, we yeah. probably won't go all the way through. I think we might stop at 95. You might say we're doing a a, a show on Adam Ant and the Ants. <laughs> right. We're doing a show on Adam parentheses and the unparentheses ant parentheses ant. S parentheses. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I, I, th I thought right. this out. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> so... So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. You know, he's a, a um, just his his music is all over the place. So it's going to be a, a roller coaster ride uh, for sure. sure. Um, and a lot of, particularly a lot of his solo stuff, I I haven't revisited in twenty or thirty years. So that's going to yeah, be a lot same. of fun. Uh, yeah, so excellent. Um, and we've got uh, a pretty cool guest lined up. Yeah, I so, think so. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a, a good one. We're we're very excited about it. All right, Rob, uh, I think our work here is done. Any last thoughts? 
Uh, no, no, but the anxiety is building. I guess that's my last thought. <laughs> Again, it's building. The anxiety is building. The end of the year, you know, mm -hmm. all that fun stuff. So mm -hmm. I am already compiling my list and going back and checking other lists and, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's so right. I'm coming up, coming up with my top 10. All right, it's time to wrap things up. Um, don't forget to keep your eye open for the Adam Ant uh, deep dive episode that's coming up probably in two weeks, uh, if not sooner. If you're in the UK, I don't have to remind you about who Adam Ant is and the music that he did. If you're in the United States, where he's a little bit more obscure, and you're thinking that you're not familiar with his music as all, at all, you're probably do know at least one song so to refresh your memory and kind of whet your appetite for this deep dive episode we are going to go out on uh, his most famous song here in the United States and that should hopefully that'll hold you over until two weeks when we release the deep dive episode well, thanks, everybody. We will talk to you in two weeks. All right. See ya. For the December 1979 episode of Deep Dies and Deep Cuts, we will be covering Clash's London Calling, Wayne County and Electric Chairs, Things Your Mother Never Told You, Sinceros, The Sound of Sunbathing, the fabulous Poodles album Think Pink, and Angelic Upstarts album Teenage Warning. Mental as Anything with their eponymously titled debut, also known as Get Wet. Jimmy and the Boys with an album called Not Like Everyone Else. Punishment of Luxury with an album called Laughing Academy. Essential Logic with Beat Rhythm News. Japan's album, Quiet Life. The Throbbing Gristles with a title called 20 Jazz Funk Greats. And The Pretenders with their eponymously titled debut album. Oh, 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 oh,